Hi, I'm Carl. And I'm Offie. I'm Jess. And I'm August. Welcome to our final episode of The Periphery. No guests today, not even that much of a topic, but more of a discussion, just with us four, over what the season meant for us, what it taught us about diversity and about widening the conversation, and what it taught us about The Periphery itself. So thank you for coming for our final episode of season one. We will be back. And uh, so guys, what do you guys think about this season? I'm, I'm proud of what we've done. Yeah, I'm incredibly proud of us too. Um... And, you know, we started this idea with um, some frustration at the fact that there was a lack of broader conversations happening with these tech issues that affect all of our lives. And, you know, I think it's probably good for us to nail down yet again, what do we mean by diversifying and simplifying tech? A lot of people, as we've, from before we came out to throughout the season, have been, you know, really questioning us, and I think properly, as they should, about what diversity means to us, how do we envision these conversations will actually alter our relationships with tech. Uh, so I just want to throw it out to you all, from where we started to where we are now, what does that mean to you? Well, before we get into diversifying tech, which I think will be a longer discussion, I also think simplifying tech was an important aspect of our mission. And I think that one of the most rewarding things that I've experienced doing this podcast is having either classmates of ours or family members or other people reaching out to us and saying, oh, listening to your episode was actually the first time I've understood this complex topic. Uh, we got some feedback, especially regarding the blockchain episode, for example, um, that this was the first time one of our classmates had come to understand crypto. And I think uh, that was just extremely rewarding because I think that is one of one of the main aspects of our mission to to, to translate these topics into a language that people can understand and so that people can then actually have their input. And I also think it's, it's a prerequisite to having a more diverse conversation to, to make sure that we're all on the same page with the basic information and the basic issues. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think like somewhat pivoting to that diversity topic, the fact that we all sort of had some of our own opinions too is important. I think like one thing I didn't want to do is sort of espouse some sort of like theory about what's good in tech or what's bad in tech. Like I think we tried to leave that up to listeners and I think that that's something we want to continue to do moving forward. Like we all have different opinions and that's really at the core of it what we wanted to do when we decided we wanted to have a diverse podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with what we've all said so far. I think just as much as the future of the tech industry itself is incredibly hard to predict and unexpected events happen all the time, I've come to realize that diversity is so complex and that the different facets of our experiences today can become so differentiated in unexpected ways and on different dimensions that I think that we have adopted something of a pragmatic approach to, to diversity, that there's no ideal set of hosts or guests that is the kind of uh, set that you can lock in place as thoroughly and most ideally representative. That, in fact, you're always going to be bringing in societal biases. And so you've kind of constantly kind of mix it up. You know, I think that's something that we kind of learned both, you know, we felt intuitively and we learned it the hard way in this season. And part of this brings me back to the mission. In the middle of this season, we decided that we needed to write down what it is that really anchors us and drives us because we're a really, really value-driven podcast. 
but we realized that unless we have like some more kind of clarity or development of those beliefs and keeping track of them, we would kind of lose that value-driven thrust of the podcast, of this mission. And one thing that we said in that mission statement that we haven't released or shared, we still kind of are working on it, is that- It'll drop uh, in season two. (laughs) But uh, we said, of course, we sit in a cloistered and uncommon position in a university that doesn't just sit literally at the innovative center, but created it. And it couldn't have been any other way. Without the information we can access at Stanford, the wall, meaning the wall between the core of tech and innovation and policy uh, and all the people that it affects, uh, would have remained seemingly unscalable. And then we said, the question for us and for you, for the periphery, is what to do with this information power. Rather than silently integrating with the ranks of the tech elite, we want to disrupt the innovative process. And then we stated four values, which were democracy, diversity, clarity, and empowerment. And we had this kind of political idea that by creating a platform for democratizing access, by creating a toolbox for people using the position that we do happen to be in, we can inject these valuable and marginalized ideas into the innovative ecosystem of Silicon Valley uh, and of tech policymaking in this country. I'm wondering whether you guys think that this mission is realistic, good, whether maybe it was too broad. Is this something a podcast can even do? I think I think it, it it's an ambitious mission, but but ultimately, um, I mean, it's it's very Silicon Valley in a way because I think when you when you said we're a value driven podcast, I could easily see some other uh, startup saying, "Well, we're a value driven startup," and I do think you're, you're also right in in pointing out the danger of deviating from those values as you grow as an organization. We're still very much in the beginning of our development here. It's the four of us, and it's Finley, and we're creating these, this content. All the founders are still involved in this quote-unquote startup. So we are actually still pretty close to the values, but we're already seeing that sometimes, whether by virtue of just not paying attention to our mission or um, other pressures, it's easy to diverge from that mission. And so even now, I think it's it's good for us to have this final episode as we close out season one, even just reflecting on our own values. But I don't think the mission is... Um I don't think the mission is too broad or too ambitious. And also what I think is interesting and something we've talked about in the past is the fact that I think our mission is actually quite innovative in its own sense. And and here we, we have this dual meaning of being on the periphery. On the one hand, being on the margins of the conversation, wanting to have an input, wanting to bring marginalized voices into the conversation, but then also on the edge and innovative. And the fact that if we can disrupt the conversation then we can also have an impact on changing the industry. And I think a lot of, again, going back to the startups, a lot of startups start out with this kind of disruptive mission. They're different, their business model, uh, no one expects it to work. And then it actually does work and it disrupts and it innovates. And so I think there are some parallels there. I mean, I mean just on my end, I feel like in many ways we've already kind of accomplished our goal, at least started to. Um, I remember when we first started, as we've developed our, our ideas, you know, we only had a kind of a, a margin looking view of the periphery, which is, you know, anything that we've ever enjoyed has come from the margins. It's been on the edge, not unlike we are. And 
I think about like this one call we got with Jess, you were talking about how your family back home was talking about how this is the first time they understood cloud computing. A lot of my family here, this is the first time they understood blockchain and cryptocurrency. And when I was in Michigan, they were investing and they were going to their friends and talking about Ethereum and teaching me things. <clears throat> and here I am. I didn't understand blockchain before this season. And now I feel empowered. So even just on a kind of more selfish individual level, there is this empowerment happening. I think just when we do simplify these issues where my uncle, he is the biggest crypto guy ever now. <laughs> he is, he's talking, he's, he's on Coinbase, he's tweeting about it. Uh, and, you know, that's a very small, small level. But it really goes to show the power of when you take these issues and you break them down to, you know, the... The true simple nature of them, you know, you don't need to put them in jargon. You don't need to put them in, you know, fiat currency terms or whatever to have an understanding of what the actual implications are. How does it affect your life and how can you actually get involved with those policy questions, with those social questions? Because, you know, I, I like to say that we're not really a tech podcast. We're a society and culture podcast that is disguised as a tech podcast. And I think that's just tech. So many times we're hearing tech stories, but these are not tech issues. You know, when we see algorithm bias, what's underlying that is the data from real life. When we talk about broken conversations, we have a tough time having conversations in person across, you know, different viewpoints today, offline, not just online. And so the more I've dived into these, you know, quote unquote tech issues that, yes, of course, tech does have a role and exacerbating and perhaps, you know, as we went with the Shannon interview, maybe merging and building consensus. It's not really a tech, it's a human problem. These are human problems. And because they're human problems, every single person should be involved. Every single person should have an opinion on how we are transacting with each other. Everyone should have an opinion on how we build trust with the information that we receive. Because sometimes you receive it from Facebook, and sometimes it's really great information. A lot of people found us from Facebook, and I think we're great information. And sometimes you receive information from your Uncle Joe, who maybe is not so reliable, but you still trust it. Um, and those aren't tech issues. Those, those are us issues. Those are people issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that plays into partly like why our different academic backgrounds is help and sometimes like convergent academic backgrounds has been helpful because I, I totally agree that, I mean, while it, it's cool that people might know like more technical jargon now and that's important and maybe they can like maintain a conversation with like some techie, it's also more so about like using, like we always talked about building new frameworks, right? And like trying to understand these technical issues through the lens of sociology or politics or philosophy and i think like the thing about tech is that it inherently it changes all the time so for you to understand what cloud computing is right now doesn't mean that you're going to understand it two years from now but hopefully thinking about these issues and being curious about these issues empowers you to sort of maintain this sort of curious curious look towards technology in the tech sector mm -hmm. generally mm -hmm. uh i was um I've been reading this book that came out this year called Atlas of AI by Kay Crawford. And the reason why it's called Atlas of AI is because she uses the idea of an atlas, this kind of kind of an, an encyclopedic resource, but it's structured in a way that allows you to zoom in and zoom out very quickly 
to observe phenomena from multiple different kinds of perspectives. It gives you a specific kind of control over space and time regarding a specific kind of thing. And she does it for AI because she's talking about how to look at AI, you've got to go all the way back to the metals in the earth and then the people who run the machine and all the way down to its other planetary effects on this, our social world and, and biases. And that kind of got me thinking, the metaphor of an atlas, that I think that that's kind of a periphery goal as well, which is tech is not our home. I wouldn't call ourselves a thoroughly, you know, just another Silicon Valley podcast, not because, you know, that's boring, not just because it's boring, but also because we are a bit different, you know, because we recognize that this Atlas view, looking at tech fully, is just so important for real, healthy democratic decision making. And I think that really, if we take Kate Crawford's metaphor there, I, I think that that kind of captures all those different aspects of, of our mission. And I think it captures an ambition that we can take forward also into season two, season three, however long we, we end up doing this podcast. Um, and uh, season 25. Because, because the Atlas, <laughs> what, what, what we've done now is we've, we've had episodes on a, on a lot of different topics that are, that are foundational to today, today's tech industry, whether it be cryptocurrency or artificial intelligence or uh, antitrust. So we've done, we've done all of these topics, but each one of these topics would is is substantial enough for an entire season so we could do an entire season on blockchain we could do an entire season on antitrust and one thing that we that i think we are um trying to reconcile while doing this podcast is the fact that we want to go into greater depth which we will be doing uh in these coming seasons but we do also want to serve a broad audience not everyone is interested in blockchain not everyone is interested in antitrust um, but one thing that you can expect coming coming next season is for us to do more of these multi-part series and to really go in depth on certain topics. We have not finalized those topics yet, but but again, in this Atlas-like manner, we really do want to provide the depth for people to to understand specific issues in all their dimensions, but then also still to cover multiple issues so that we also have the lay of the land of the industry. And to the point of, you know, diving into these issues, part of that is really stepping outside of the technologist view of it. Um, you know, I'm in this content moderation class and my professor had uh, an essay talking about some of the technical issues with some solutions to, you know, online discourse. And then she was like, I would love to talk to a sociologist. I would love to talk to an activist. I would love to talk to all these different stakeholders in online discourse who have different perspectives, different experiences online. And she was a bit, you know, it, she expressed a frustration herself in the, in the essay. Uh, there are not these, that many platforms to get those perspectives. And I think part of that is because people view a deep dive of tech as talking more about zeros and ones than about, you know, every piece of that technology, you know. You can only get so deep into the actual tech of the blockchain, but you can maybe make a, you know, 50 seasons on what the blockchain is, NFTs, then you can talk to artists, you go into uh, just, you can talk to bankers, you can talk to the Securities and Exchange Commissioners and all these different stakeholders. That's the blockchain, that's a deep dive. So while we do want to go in depth, in depth is not necessarily this 
this teaching you exactly how to think about blockchain. It's more so how do we actually live with blockchain? Because whether or not you are creating or mining, you're still probably going to transact. I'm calling it. Everyone's probably going to be transacting with cryptocurrencies at some point. And that's not just a technologist's issue. And you can only really understand that when you dive deeply. One of my right, favorite right. moments this season was the exchange between Kai Sheffield and August as two, yes. as two sociologists um, talking, <laughs> talking about trust and how that relates to Bitcoin and the blockchain. Um, I thought that was, one, that was one of my favorite moments. And actually, uh, talking to Kai, I found really inspirational for the very reason that he recognized the value of a sociology degree and a humanities degree and how it how it can really shape someone's understanding and help them interact in a responsible manner with mm. these technologies mm. and that, speaking of favorite moments oh, oh I, I just want to point out I, I love that moment too because what we were doing in that moment was it was in depth but it wasn't like we were trying to go microscopic. We weren't looking at how every block in the blockchain works. We weren't trying to do that. Uh, what we were doing was we were being multidimensional. Block by block analysis. Right. So when we talk about in-depth, we're talking about layers, you know, not like zooming in as much as we can to different elements. You know, I think all of my favorite moments have been about introducing a new layer or a new, new aspect to, to a problem that we thought we knew all four corners of. Like one of my favorite moments was when in the religion episode, we talked about the idea of using emotion as a metric for evaluating AI. By that meaning using people's emotional responses to AI, how they feel about it. As one metric for success, for validity, maybe we can have like a mental health criteria in terms of how well certain algorithms perform for us. That kind of idea got me thinking about how we can introduce different concepts from psychology and social psychology into tech and tech policy. And those kinds of moments, I think, are, are truly periphery moments. You know, another word for an edge is where two different things meet and we are bringing together different disciplines, different ideas, kind of like pirates, invading different disciplines, taking what we need and then leaving. I have so many favorite moments. I feel like... Mine is just every time someone agreed to come on, <laughs> it was honestly it's just very affirming to see people eager to listen. Actually, no, my favorite moment is every time someone who listened uh, gave me their input and feedback. Because every time I learn something about our, ourselves and our own project, but also about the issues we talk about, and every time it just really kind of underscored the fact that our relationship with tech really can be everything we want out of it. We just need a little bit more effort at understanding and perspective, um, which is such a cop-out answer. But <laughs> Yeah, I think that my favorite, probably my favorite like meeting or whatever, which was not actually recorded, is when we were like drafting our mission statement and we all sort of were like leaning over the computer, like changing every other word and like debating about like some of the subconscious implications of what we were saying. And it was nice to sort of realize that it's just too much to try to tie down what we're doing this early. It's made me feel like we sort of have room to grow and room to explore. We do have those values, I think, that we want to keep at the forefront. But 
we're also just kind of nerdy about all of these topics. So we're probably going to stumble around hey in the man, dark I'm a no little nerd. bit about cool. like, is anybody asking for a simulation episode? No. Are we going to do it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's what we want to do. So I think that we take these topics seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. I think that's really important because that's the best place to learn from. So, you know, on that note, where where do you all want to take season two, 2022? Where's Periphery going? You know what? You know what? To I the have- moon. You know, to the moon you know i have ambitious goals you know one, one of my biggest goals and if anyone's listening and who likes to support us and help us out i love to host a conference where we where we really get more than just us talking uh, <laughs> i want people responding to us i want people engaging with us and i want to give the mic over to other people more often i'd like to find a studio <laughs> i'm like sitting in a hallway right now sometimes it's a struggle <laughs> but more seriously i'd like to have some professional philosophers on i've got some people in mind martha newsbaum i'm looking at you (laughs) we'll do some research but i think to round out those conversations it'd be really cool Mm -hmm. i agree we should have philosophers we should have a convention that would radically open up the conversation and capture this podcast mission i think and i've kind of mentioned this throughout is as much as we are about these values that we've discussed we also we're kind of creating a product here and part of that value of the product is actually developing and pushing ideas forward, not just finding what's new and cutting edge or different, but creating those ideas ourselves. How do you do that? And how do you find a way to create ideas that are novel and interesting, but not so far out that they're not relevant to people's lives? And how do you find the threads that are most relevant and that will touch most people? And then how do you claim those ideas for your own or take them further? Maybe with the help of our guests, we have this pantheon of guests that we're developing. How can we use that, leverage that, create ideas together? That's what I'm looking at towards season two, although that's pretty vague. But I think that we can become so much more intellectually active now that we've laid this foundation. My main ambition for next year is to get into the data, privacy, property, security class. And I think because I just applied for it, um, hopefully it'll work out for me this time. And I think based on the knowledge that I would gain from that class... I think we can really start having these in-depth conversations. I can become a better podcast host. And um, based on those conversations, I think we can really start taking this podcast to the next level. Carl, you'll be finally on the level. <laughs> finally. Carl, the note you're in an awful is taking the perfect to the moon and becoming a better podcast host. I, and I agree, you know, I too want to become a better podcast host. The only way we can really do that is with feedback. So while we're gone... We would really, really love your engagement, your thoughts, suggestions as to whom we should speak to, and all that jazz. Complaints, critiques, insults, you know, we'll take any kind of feedback. Oh, speaking of insults, remember when the university tweeted out that we were making a podcast, (laughs) the first piece of feedback we got was an insult, so we can handle it all. (laughs) Criticisms, praise, critique, insults, give it to us. (laughs) Yeah, we were raised online, we have tough skin. Not really, though. I, like, don't even have social media because my skin is so thin. <laughs> can I just say one more thing? I'm really proud of you guys. Like, I'm really... I feel so lucky to have gone on this little journey with you all, even though we're still kind of just getting started. You know, I'm thinking about the time where I, August, I, I went to you in fall, and we're like, we should make a podcast, a music podcast, and we shelved it. Mm-hmm. We put on the shelf, uh, and then we took the podcast off the shelf, we left mm-hmm. the music there, and I'm just... I'm so proud of you, you guys and, and us for, at the very least, we made a season, and it's been 
everything I expected and then times 50 because who would have thought that we'd have all these incredible guests and these awesome conversations. I, I definitely did not. I thought we'd be talking about privacy, just the four of us, for 10 episodes. So, um, yeah, proud of you guys. Yeah, it's been a hell of a season and we've grown so much. And that music podcast is still on the shelf. <laughs> so, And we've grown with our audience. So we, we thank you all for joining us this season. Hey guys, just wanted to thank you for joining our conversation today. And if you liked what you heard, I hope that you'll subscribe um, wherever you're listening to us now. And uh, if you feel so inclined and you feel like you really believe in this mission, then we could also use the support on Patreon. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we've got a great sound producer, Fenley. Shout out Fenley, who does some great work. Um, But yeah, we live on student loans. So if you don't live on student loans, uh, feel free to contribute. And um, if you can't contribute, we really appreciate you still showing up, but spread the word. We're on Instagram at The Periphery Podcast. Um, We're on Twitter, The Periphery Pod. So if you want to retweet us, uh, put us in your stories. Yes, please join the conversation. See you guys next week.